How's everybody doing this morning? Um, hopefully you had a decent weekend. It was a wet weekend, and hopefully everything is working okay out there. I made a few recommended adjustments to um, some of the broadca- broadcast stream settings, but it's almost like why mess with something that's working just fine other than uh, I'm getting recommendations from Facebook and from Restream to make some adjustments, which I've done, and uh, hopefully uh, it's all copacetic out there on your end. If not, we'll we'll adjust back and make some changes. We're in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 11, and in looking at Acts chapter 11, Uh, Last week, we were talking about God doing this new thing, and we're going to continue on that theme uh, here this morning about God doing 
this new thing and uh, the support that was there or not there. Let's see how the people responded. The new thing was that the gospel was going to the Gentiles when the expectation really was that the gospel had come for the Jews alone. And that was their thought. And Peter himself even thought, well, this gospel has you know, come to me and I'm to carry it to the Jews, but God then would end up sending him to the Gentiles. We looked at that last week a couple different times over a course of a couple different chapters, chapter 10, and then here in chapter 11. And uh, now we see Peter responding uh, as he is being questioned in Jerusalem about uh, the uh, why he would go and eat with those Gentile people and uh, take the gospel to those Gentile people, and he gives his response in chapter 11. And so that's where we pick up today. Uh, We looked at some of this last week, but I really didn't get very far because I got waxing eloquent on other aspects within this. So um Let me just read again for a recap, for a reminder. Uh, The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So then Peter went up to Jerusalem. Circumcised believers criticized him. It seems like there's always criticism with ministry. And said, uh, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it happened. Said I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, uh, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals uh, of the earth, wild beasties, reptiles, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Um, Again, we looked at this last week. I'm just recapping here. Peter's immediate response is, surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Again, Peter had said those words to Jesus prior to the crucifixion when Jesus was telling him he would be crucified. He said, surely not, Lord. Um, It's interesting that Peter continues down this road. He will learn. Uh, And then it says in verse 9, then the voice from heaven spoke a second time, do not call anything uh, impure that God has made. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about what was uh, about going with them, and these six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Uh, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had done to us at the beginning. Now, I just will stop there for just a moment just to talk a little bit about this. Uh, And I've said this a little bit before, so this is just some reinforcement. Um, Oftentimes, God will uh, put on... He will give the same message to several different people. In this case, he gave a message to Cornelius and to Peter. 
Cornelius uh, being where he was and uh, then uh, Peter being where he was, two separate places, but God affirmed, confirmed his will through um, through two separate, in, in two separate, to, 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 to two separate people there. Let me get that spit out there. And uh, he confirmed to Cornelius, he confirmed to Peter. Oftentimes, God, when he is moving, he's going to put it on the hearts of both the, the 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 one being sent and the one being the one doing receiving, uh, or God puts it into the hearts and the thoughts and the minds of of you know a, a couple different ministry leaders uh, or sets of leaders, uh, as it were. And uh, sometimes, when when you have such confirmation, it is overwhelming. Uh, evidence that, uh, in fact, God is leading this, and it is what you should do. So, uh, look for situations like that. Uh, sometimes you might be thinking, "God is God." Pro-? In fact, you're asking a question: Is God asking me to do something? Uh, and it gets confirmed by another person or another group of people, another set of people, uh, and so. Um, we take action, or you don't. Uh, sometimes it's not just one set of people. Sometimes it's two or three sets of people or different people. And, and, and that's part of this, the, uh, discerning, kind of tripping over my tongue this morning, kind of discerning the, uh, the will of God. Uh, I mean, you pray. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is stirring in your heart or in your mind something that maybe you sh- are supposed to do. And then um, you get you, you search the scriptures. What does God's word have to say about any of this? And so you're looking for the looking at the scriptures, looking to God's word to see if it gives direction. Now, sometimes God's word doesn't come right out and say you're supposed to do thus and so, but maybe there are principles that are there, uh, or the principle of getting your life aligned with God so that He can give direction to your life. I mean, that's another part of it. Uh, and then godly counsel, getting godly counsel from people, asking others to pray with you for a season and see what type of messaging they're getting. See see what they're, they're sensing the Lord is directing in a situation. Uh, and, and you put all that together, and, and perhaps it is God's directive, God's direction for your life and um, what he wants you to do. Uh, and then the last piece, in my estimation, is is peace. Two different pieces there. I'm saying that for my Guatemalan friend. There is P, the last piece, P-I-E-C-E is peace, like piece of pie, uh, is peace, P-E-A-C-E, uh, peace of heart. And uh, so that's the last part that you're looking for is that internal confirmation from the Spirit. But you've done all this other homework and looked at everything else, and and, and God has is, is confirmed uh, something. Now, Obviously, the believers in Jerusalem were a little bit um, concerned, uh, thinking, well, wait a minute. In in fact, it says earlier in the passage here that they criticized him for doing what he did. Uh, But as a leader, he had to follow the, the, the Spirit's prompting, and the Lord worked in a marvelous, wonderful way in the home of Cornelius. People might not understand. 
Uh, people, people may be sad. People could be mad. People could be any number of things. Now, at the end of this, the question I have is, how did they end up responding? And we'll see this by the end of the end of the chapter, which I hope we will get to today. Uh, how people responded to what had happened in this circumstance. So, uh, over in the comments section, a little interaction with what I just said. Let me uh, let me turn over there and uh, see uh, Claire saying this happens to Dennis uh, when he went to the. Philippines, uh, God confirmed his will to him by using people to communicate what he needed to do. I mean, you ask several people, and ask godly people. And, and in fact, you sometimes will go to people who might not be supporters initially. And uh, if over a season of time, uh, God brings them around, and they say what other people are saying, uh, supporters who, who maybe are not in favor is what I'm saying, and all of a sudden, they're in favor, and they're aligning with with others that are giving you the direction. That might be God's confirmation, and that's, I mean, that that's kind of how we figure out some things. You know, if you go to a bunch of people and say, "What do you think I should do?" and they all tell you, and they're all Christians, they're all prayerful, they're all trying to walk with Jesus. And you say, "What should I do?" and you ask them, and they all tell you the same thing, friend. That's probably what you ought to be doing. Take steps, take action, follow suit. That's what I would tell you in that situation. Now, back into the text, because I do want to finish this chapter today. We've got we've gotten to verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he'd come on us at the beginning. They remember what the Lord said. Uh, John baptized with water, but I will bat, but but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and again, this is God confirming. By giving the Holy Spirit to them, God confirming to Peter and to those with Peter that, in fact, yes, this is God that is doing this. Verse verse 17, so if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could oppose God, to, to try to not stand in God's way? That's what we are trying to do, trying to keep out of God's way. That's what we're looking to do. Verse 18, when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance and the life. And, you know, frankly, friends, that should be the great rejoicing. I mean, they might think they had something precious that they could keep to themselves, but God was taking what he had given to them and was going to take it to other people. And they realized the good thing that that was, and they also praised God and rejoiced uh, for the expanse of the gospel and the advance of the work of the kingdom. They were glad for that. Now, let's continue on down in verse 19, go a little bit further. Um, and someone it can send me a message, if you would, please. I'm just going to throw this in here partway through. Uh, interested to know what uh, the quality is, if there's lag or anything out there that you're experiencing. Send me a message. To, you don't have to put it in the comments, but in the message would be great. Or put it in the comments. I guess it really doesn't matter now that I have said it, because uh, I did make a little tweak and just trying to see if it has made things better or worse. Verse 19. Acts 11, now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, telling the message only to the Jews. So they were going 
Cyprus over to the um, to the west, uh, Antioch uh, up to the north, Phoenicia maybe to the south, but they were only telling the message to the Jews. We move this like this. Some of them, some of them however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene uh, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, uh, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The news of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent uh, Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their ears, with all their ears, with all their hearts. Uh, he was a good man, this is Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, uh, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So the Lord is using Barnabas in a remarkable way. It says this, verse 25, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch, and this is the Antioch in Syria, uh, so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people, uh, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world, and this happened during the uh, reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift by uh, to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now, let me just talk this last little portion. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit... Uh, has been sent the believers there uh, in Antioch. The, the Gentile believers are um, coming to faith. They've been given the Holy Spirit as evidence of the fact that truly this message uh, of God is also for them. So Barnabas goes. Barnabas goes to see what's going on, uh, and it, it gives some. Uh, background on the character of Barnabas when it says in verse 24 here, it says he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Barnabas has enough uh, spirituality about him, enough spiritual hootspah, uh, to be used in a mighty way to, it says, great numbers of people were brought to the Lord, that we would pray, and I, I say this so regularly, but that our prayer would be that a great number of people would be brought to the Lord, that that would be our prayer. Pray that that, that happens. I pray that happens through uh, through our ministry that we all have together. You're a part of this, friend, and uh, uh, the fact that you listen and you can point other people to listen in, you're a part of, of this ministry uh, in this way. Um, I 
And I want to thank you for your participation and listening. Uh, we have not created a uh, any other type of giving platform to support this particular broadcast or other things. That will come over the summer months. I, I will tell you, I know that that will happen. And uh, But uh, together we're in this. And even as Claire says, you know, that's my prayer for my Filipino friends to be saved by God. Uh, and for all of us to think of friends that we know, if, if we would all have that one to three people uh, that, that we invest in, uh, some might not be Christians, some might be Christians. You're, you're not investing that they become Christians, but you're investing that they grow as Christians. Uh, or um, people that are not yet Christians, that you're investing in them, building relationship with them, cultivating relationship with them so that they would become Christians. Remember CPR, cultivate, cultivate the relationship, plant. Along the way, look for opportunities to plant the seed of the gospel. Reap. At some point, you say, you know, we've talked about this. I've prayed for you. I've prayed with you. I've shared with you. You've watched my life over these last how many ever weeks, months, years. Uh, and, And I want to invite you to trust in Jesus and begin following him as well. Would you do that? Are you ready to do that? Now, I know yesterday I said, and I, I might have stunned some people. I said I reject the idea of just getting people to pray a prayer. Um, sometimes that's the goal. Let's just get people to pray the prayer. Well, I want people to want to pray the prayer. Now, sometimes all it takes is that nudge. Like, do you want to trust in Jesus and follow him? It's all it takes. Yes. Well, how do I start? Well, let me tell you, you give your life to him through prayer. I mean, but it's getting people to this point where um, where they want it uh, and where the Holy Spirit has, has drawn them and they're ready to receive Christ. We're not trying to talk people into it. I mean, I guess that's part of what apologetics does, but ultimately it's we want them to want to follow Jesus. That's the goal. Jesus is not looking for people to get to heaven necessarily. That's, that, 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 that's the cherry on top. He's looking for people who are willing to follow him now, and if they're not willing to follow him now, they might just not be fit for heaven then. That's what I'm saying. So we make this prayer that people would come to faith in Christ. There, there's this report of uh, a famine. We're not going to get into to that or these prophets coming down. Uh, we will get into verse 26. It says here at Antioch is, is a place here is a piece of Bible trivia for you to know that uh, the people uh, were first called uh, Christians at Antioch. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So when you're taking and doing a Bible a trivia uh, game with somebody and they ask, where were the Christians first called? Uh, where, where were the believers first called Christians? You can say, I know, I know, I know. It's an Antioch Bible trivia. Verse 29, let's get down to verse 29 so we can land this plane here. It says this. It says the disciples, each according to his ability, to decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. There was There was this famine that would happen, and maybe that's the relationship between verse 28 and 29. Uh, there, there were certainly needs, especially as the church was scattered. 
uh, or as the church was persecuted, there was the church, uh, the, the need of uh, giving support to the church that was uh, in Judea, particularly perhaps in, uh, in Jerusalem. You can read the writings of Paul about how they moved money about and support about for the ministry. And you go into First and Second Corinthians, you, you, you find uh, not just traces, but full-on teaching about how they raised support uh, and shared support uh, among the churches. So again, according to their ability, it says uh, they decided to help provide uh, uh, help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is where I, I, I come down to the this morning's conclusion, and it's the thought of support for the ministry. Some of them were living in places where where there was maybe a lucrative income. Uh, Cyrene, seaport areas, uh, Joppa, uh, other places uh, where, where, where perhaps there was, and even maybe up in Antioch where things were more lucrative, uh, and they could send support, or Cyrene or Phoenicia, other places, they were sending support. They, they shared the support not only within the one local church, but they shared support among the churches. That's something that we can do. Uh, and, and I just I put this out there, um, first of all, encouraging us all to support our own local church or church as. Um, and there are varying ways to do that. We do it with our gifts. We do it with our money. We do it with our time. We do it with our support. We do it with uh, being positive about our church and, and telling others about our church or church as, wherever that might be. It could be Reedville, Virginia. It could be here in, uh, in Moral, Maine could be any of those places, uh, or Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or fill in the blank. So support our, our own local church. Support ministries uh, that uh, you believe in. And so beyond the local church, there are ministries you believe in. I mean, some of you might be supporters of Dr. David Jeremiah. Others of you might uh, be supporters of uh, Alistair Begg. Uh, others of you might be supporters of particular missionaries. I think of uh, Dave and uh, Shirley Diepenbrock with uh, Ethnos 360, uh, who they used to serve in Papua New Guinea, now serving in Florida, serving globally, and Shirley still still doing uh, Bible translation work. And uh, I need to share some of that with you at some point. It's, it's remarkable work that they're doing, and. Uh, She's doing it in translation, and Dave at helping keep things safe. We support missionaries in that way. Sometimes we can support even other ministries. I mentioned Samuel Dua over in Malawi, a place where they they only they're they're happy to get small money, and doing incredible ministry there. So I mentioned him the other day. Uh, certainly, I, I do not want to be remiss and let you know that I am continuing to support and, and will be raising support um, to help. And I'm going to be doing it in a number of different places uh, to help in South Sudan and our brother uh, Joseph there. Uh, and that expanded ministry that has lots of churches involved. And uh, uh, if we can support them, God will be honored and uh, so, I mean, even now, I, some of you have reached out and said, hey, I'm going to give support for, just let me know. Um, I, I need to get the mechanism. I have a meeting next week. Um, I need to get the mechanism set up through Concentric uh, for some of that support. I'm trying to move that off from 
the church. That was my promise to our treasurer and deacons that, that, uh, you know, uh, is, is I am serving with concentric. I'll begin to not bring some of that fun stuff, funding stuff through, but I don't quite have it set up at concentric yet, but the need is there. And, uh, We'll get there. I have a meeting next week, uh, two or three day meeting, uh, and we'll get some of those things in place so you can give there uh, as as a mechanism, as a means. Um, but currently, uh, I am taking funds uh, directly uh, that I will make sure I will share with you. I'll I'll send uh, uh, funding to Joseph to be distributed among the churches in South Sudan. That's my part. That's what I can do. I invite you, if you want to be a part to do that, uh, please do. And, uh, you know, I can give you my PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, um, any number of things that way. Uh, and, and I can guarantee you that I will give, uh, give you the report of, of what happened. Even last week, I sent, uh, uh, I sent some money over to Joseph. Uh, out of my own uh, funds. And uh, uh, he wrote to me and he sent a picture and he said, you'll never guess what happened the day I got your funds. And he shows a picture of the car that we rode around in and steam coming out of the front and radiator problem. Well, he, he has no money. So that money was able to get him back on the road and plus, plus help buy food and stuff for people. And uh, cause he needed the car to be able to get places and take things places. So, uh, Supporting ministry. I, I want to encourage us all to be prayerful for ministries, to be supportive of ministries as the Lord enables. I mean, we can do all kinds of things with the money that God has given us, but uh, also uh, we can support the kingdom. Jesus says, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he says, so lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves do not break in and steal. Uh, what we invest in the kingdom uh, is not a waste. Uh, it changes lives. And I, I hope that we, even as the believers here, uh, as we re have read about in Acts chapter 10 and 11, uh, determined that they would uh, provide help, that we would provide help, that we would support local ministry, that we would support global ministry, uh, and that we would find great joy in doing so. So, Lord, move us. Move us in our hearts to understand as you're doing new things that uh, you give confirmation of your message and help us to look for that confirmation. Lord, you not only give confirmation of the message, but you also move in the hearts of your people to support. So, Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us to be supporters of what you're doing here globally uh, and locally, uh, that you would be glorified. Lord, use us to draw people to Jesus, believers and non-believers alike. Help us to connect people to Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everybody. I will see you tomorrow.